I've heard intros. Hello, my friends. Hello, my friends. Oh, man. Ah, hello, my hello, friends. my friends. Welcome back. I was just saying, like, literally five seconds ago that uh, I have a potty mouth. It's part of mm-hmm. my Dark Jedi Christianity. Um, oh, boy. Not that that condones it, but I definitely have it. <laughs> and uh, it just gives rhyme to the reason. <laughs> reason to the rhyme. I just put Christianity at the end, and that makes it okay. So I'm fine. Um, <laughs> that I could riff so many not funny directions. Yeah, I was going to let that. it. I was going to let it sit yeah, there. <laughs> um, but I said that I, I'm going to try not to cuss on the pod, but if I do, it's going to be because this mic shocked me in the lips. Yeah. This this the, church has a million grounding issues. Yeah, this is going to be a problem. I hate it. I need to get in the practice of a grounding. How do you even do that? So grounding myself, what I mean is like anytime I sit down somewhere, whatever the chair is, I touch something metal so that my first interaction isn't a surprise. Like literally when I went up to go wake up my computer again, yeah. I touched the Mac first because I knew it would shock me. And like when I start getting onto a microphone, like just touching the wire because I know it's going to shock me. I'd rather have it on my hand Smart. than my lips. <laughs> Weird. All right. Well, welcome back. We're on episode six. I got pretty good reviews from episodes four and five. I yeah. Thought I thought they were solid. I uh, was a bit of an airhead and talked quite a bit too much on those episodes. So I'm sorry about that. Um, I do defend myself a little bit because I've been working on being genuine and there was not a thought about I need to talk more and there was not a thought about I need to talk less. I was Genuinely? just kind of firing from the hip and that's what happened. I appreciate that. I, <laughs> I'm i going to cuss. I just got shocked again. I'm going to I'm gonna just, <laughs> I need to just hold a piece of rebar. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just, just a, a wand. I'm holding a can. Oh, it's not grounded. It's just a metal no. can. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, right? this, this is going to hurt. Uh, so we're in Whole Covenant Church right Covenant now. Um, <laughs> we are recording in Studio 1A. As good old Pastor Brian, best pastor calls like, it. I feel like the joke should become that we, that like the ABC is a different iterations of Studio One. Mm. Like the worship setup should be Studio One A. Yeah. Studio One B should be this podcasting setup. Oh, that, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it literally does not matter at all. Then I'm One sure. C is uh, where we do it outside. I don't uh, Is the table talk potentially? Or when it goes back on the actual stage. I think it's gonna be Studio Two. Sure, Studio Zero. This is anyway. Okay. So Hope Covenant, uh, we've been doing down. their live streaming stuff for the past few weeks. Oh, that's I feel like that's so ambiguous. Like it's been five. Has it been five weeks? Five weeks. We're oh approaching, my We're goodness. approaching week five. Yeah. So we've been creating video content. We've been <laughs> producing live streams. We've been recording podcasts and kids video stuff. Um, one of the, one of my highlights from the past few weeks definitely has been going out to the cemetery Thursday morning. Oh yeah, dude, that was so much fun. So hope covenant has a tradition for millions of years, I guess <laughs> that on, East, on Easter, they would go out to a cemetery for like an Easter Old morning sunrise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> millions of years. We've been getting up at sunrise to celebrate Easter. Yeah. Ever since God created, <laughs> You know, Easter, creation, Big Bang. 2000 BC. (laughs) And so we went out there. Uh, Mitchell and I almost went to the wrong cemetery because... Yeah, that's my bad. That's okay. It was really early in the morning. (laughs) That's fair. I had literally no caffeine in my system. Oh, that's not true. We woke up. What time did we wake up? Uh, You keep saying five. I woke up at 5.30, got decent, and walked out the door. Mm. That was my process. 
I woke up at five. I kind of like prayed and then got ready slowly. And then I scratched on your door and, you, and I'm like, are you awake? And you're like, yep. And I'm like, okay. okay. <laughs> For sure. Um, that was a good day, dude. That was so much fun. I, it was only bad because Brian's core temp almost certainly like literally dropped to the point that he felt sick for the next half day. But then he was back when we got, when we go back in like, new, uh, was it like one or two in the afternoon, Brian was there and he was, you know, jovial and wonderful. But, uh, he was like, yeah, my core temp dropped. I had to go home and just lay in bed and get warm because <laughs> I felt really bad. And I was like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Please don't die. That's dangerous. Yeah. Next time. We go on a cemetery shoot. We should tell him to bring his jacket. Well, that's the thing is he <laughs> had it and he just left the air because he thought it'd be warm. And right. And it was like 20 degrees outside. Yeah, dude. As soon as we finished the shoot, instant snow. Snow. Immediately. Oh, my God. It started and stopped snowing like, I think, five times. Like, five weather changes. Yeah. Happened. There was day. at one point uh, the equivalent of a sun shower, but with snow. That happened today, too. Today? I have not been outside today. Oh, yeah. I was outside. We were in the Chick-fil-A <laughs> parking lot. Because uh, we just, me and my friends went through the drive through and then sat in the parking lot and hung out. Yeah. And it was like whiteout conditions on my drive over there. Yep. And then it was just kind of snowing passively. And then it was sunny, sun snowing, sunny again. In that order. Mm. In an hour and a half. That Minnesota go home, dog. I hate Go home. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to have to go sleep this one off, drink a Gatorade in the morning. Oh, my God. <laughs> you're, you're done. There's no puking rally here, Minnesota. Go home. Go home. Hydrate. Mm-hmm. Sleep on your side. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, throwback to being drunk, dude. Throwback, dude. Um, this would be a lot funnier. That joke, what just happened would be uh, way funnier if this were a visual medium. Yeah. The whole same expression, same joke thing. It's fine. (laughs) So yeah, my daily life has been mostly like, yeah, like I get up, I come to Hope Covenant. I have like meetings Tuesday morning and I do other stuff Thursdays and I have, we have crew Wednesday nights. We have men's Bible study Thursday night. There is technically a purity group Friday morning that I keep waking up too late for. Yeah. It's pretty cool though. Sorry, Wayne. Sorry, Wayne. Did I tell you that Wayne messaged me after that episode of the pod with Cody? No. What yeah, did he say? Me this long, beautiful message. He was like, hey, man, I'm sorry. And like was like apologizing for the basketball thing that I talked about. Yeah. It was just super sweet. Yeah. So, Wayne, when, if you listen to this, thanks, man. Yeah. Appreciate you. Dude, shout outs, Wayne Kinney. Wayne Kinney. It's my roommate. At one point, it was. Was it actually? So, at Winter Conference, my first time I ever went, I roomed with Darnell. And I roomed with Wayne. I miss Darnell. I also miss Darnell. Ever since then, we always say to one another, if we see each other, that's my roommate. Nice. It, it came from Darnell. That's wonderful. It literally, I hadn't seen him in like a, in like months. And he's like, what's up, dude? And I'm like, hey, what's up, roommate? What's up, roommate? <laughs> that's sick. Um, yeah. So like we went on that Thursday shoot. That was really beautiful. Yeah. What that was the stressful? Oh, no. Sorry. That was Wednesday. Wednesday was stressful. What was Wednesday stressful? Because we went to Westwood that morning to shoot video and then finish the people are dying video. Ah, yes. That was just a mess to export because my computer is a potato. I totally forgot that I recorded and made a sermon and that you did the intro video for it. Yep. I'm proud of that video. I love that video. I I genuinely love it. William Larson. If you're unaware of the video... You can go to Twitter or Instagram. Go to This Man Edits. It's currently only on Twitter, but that will hopefully change soon. Yep. 
you go <laughs> go to this man edits on whatever relevant social media platform exists in 2030 when you're listening to this. Uh, <laughs> it's just a time capsule. We're just gonna <laughs> record this to a USB and just bury it in a yard somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Someone pulls it. What the hell? Not even bury it in the yard. Just like throw it in the plants. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I got you ready. What we're going to do is just put a bunch of like super adhesive substance on this. So, like it sticks to wherever it's thrown. Mm. Just whip it up on the ceiling. <laughs> of this hundred year old church. Eventually <laughs> it'll fall. Oh my God. <laughs> into someone's lap. Hopefully during church and a USB Stick with <laughs> six <laughs> episodes of Soulmates on it. It's going to just clock some kid in the head. Yes. 2030. 2030. I feel like if if it's strong enough adhesive to stick when it, you just throw it, I think it'll last more than a decade. Yeah? I don't know. Anyway, um, this man edits on Twitter and soon Instagram. There's a video yeah. there. It starts with the words, people are dying. You won't. You can't miss it. Yeah, you really can. It's really good. It's about two minutes long. It's solid. What do you mean solid? I'm a three. That's what I mean. It's solid. Proud of yours. <laughs> My daily life has been a little, a little whack just because, dude, I realized how much productivity has been messed up because of how cold it's been in here. My productivity has been shattered. Really? Because of how cold it's been in here. What do you mean? It's just been really cold with the boiler off. Mm-hmm. And so with the boiler on today, I feel so much better because it's really? not like actually affect. It was... I felt painfully cold sometimes in here. No, that's totally true. So I feel a lot better. Actually, you know what? There were there were quite a few days where like I would stick out here in the evening and I would set up these two black chairs with a heater and I would just like have to sleep with the heater directly onto me because like I was dropping core temperature probably. Yep. <laughs> I don't want to make fun of that. No. I'm making fun of it though. No. Like I <laughs> I felt as though that I was too, yeah, definitely. I was too cold to like be a human well, being. That's a Mythbusters thing that they prove. Like if your core temperature drops, your brain. Like, really? Like, yeah, like exponentially drops function. Whoa. Not like to the point of brain death or something. No, sure, crazy, sure, but, like, sure. It does drop off considerably. Okay. Yeah. Well, so keep that in mind so next play time. with I'm the cold, bro. In the cold. My life's been pretty dry, honestly. No, what like, do you mean? I mean, there's these fun events, but it's been a lot of just quarantine here. There's definitely been quarantine fever for me. Yeah. Just being at the apartment or being here. Now, I have the blessing of getting to go somewhere else that isn't my home. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, we don't have to quantify difficulty. It has been a little tough. Um, sure. But we're making it through. God provides. It, actually, I was going to mention that, like, we work at this church. There's, there's like, four, five people here. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. We are two of them. We are two of them. And just like, I remember I was talking to my professor like, oh yeah, I'm taking my call from this church. And he was just like, what do you mean church? And I'm like, uh, no, no, no. Like there's, there's no one here. Like <laughs> I'm, uh, I, well, we're safe. All of us wash our hands. Well, we sanitize everything. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Doctor. <laughs> yeah. And then like he, he's like, well, they kind of have bad internet there. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. They, <laughs> that's tough. I love you. Hope covenant. Yeah. I just saw those two more points on the message. Oh, did you not see those I, before? I literally just saw these. Yeah, what do you think about you're that gonna one? Have to, you're going to have to pilot this one. She's so, going to come along. Uh, it's been a little hard being here with you every single day. Mm-hmm. I'll, <laughs> we could start there. It's been a little, a little tough. Yeah. Honestly, though, it reminds me, like, I keep getting this same, like, vibe and feeling of, like, when we're in the Dominican Republic 
or we've been on other just long-term journeys together as, as we've done many. Yeah. But, um, well, many more than a typical person, but it's fair. That's a fair statement. Yeah. Like when we first bought groceries and put them in the Hope Covenant kitchen, I'm like, all right, we in it for the long haul. (laughs) Yeah. I think, um, like I, one of the dynamics that developed over the last two years was that I could go to work or go in my room and like, I, I often only came to you. Well, I yeah, mean, we would hang out and stuff, but like I would only really come to you with heavier stuff mm-hmm. um, when I kind of knew what I was playing with. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then I wasn't really around you often enough to have these kinds of things happen. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like it, this, I think I did not remove you, but I think it just developed to the point that you weren't quite in like core knowledge territory where I, you and I had changed away from each other and enough of a way that we have to like relearn each other now. Mm. which I think has been frustrating because there's a dissonance with how well we thought we knew each other. And then all of a sudden all of our quirks are bugging each other again. And like, just that's yeah. at least within it for me. Like I was like, Oh yeah, we're cool, bro. I could live with this man. Dumb, but the hut. And then we're here and I'm like, Shh, ah, and I'm just going crazy with like 13 different things, all of which are stupid and relatively <laughs> benign, relatively benign, relatively benign. I know that I'm just baseline Caleb cop, relatively benign. That's all you. I didn't have any <laughs> Well, no, I just wanted to publicly acknowledge that, like, I can be a lot yeah. by being a combination of many small things. Yeah. And these are, these are truths that you speak. Like, would I say them? No. <laughs> Will I agree with them? 100%. Like, this morning, and like most meetings we have as a team between Brian, Rachel, me, and Mitchell, like, Brian, he has a baseball and he, like, he yep. uses that to think. I think by, like, moving. And I'm like all over the place. Yeah. I'm annoying. I know it can annoy. It gets a little annoying. And, <laughs> like at one point this morning, I was walking on the steps right there and I f- almost fell and I was still listening, yeah. but you looked at me and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to stop. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think that like, it's been a, yeah, I don't want to get lost in here, but I, I, it's been over our friendship. I have been given patience mm-hmm. and I have been given um, like sensitivity to things that aren't me. Mm. You know what I mean? Cause I have a usually pretty hereditary, uh, sense of like, if it's stupid, then it should stop. That just comes from my dad and his brothers. And that's not my dad's like character, but that's just something that he has talked about how he had to put that down actually around this time of his life Oh yeah, in his early twenties when he was getting pretty serious with my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, cause she also was a fairly quirky human being. And so <laughs> he had to do get over his, uh, if it's stupid, it should stop kind of thing. Yeah. At least whatever. That's a whole, here we are. We've gotten lost. Congrats. Um, no, but my, my point is that yes, they annoy me and I usually will sit with them. And if it really grates on me and I can't put it down for a while, then I'll bring it up. Yeah. Overall, that's really all I got. <laughs> that's fair. I was just going to say like overall to come out of this woods, like life has been hard in quarantine. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. No. Literally everyone right now, whether they're living alone or with someone else has gotten too much of one of those parties. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Um, another podcast that I listened to called what a day, uh, Gideon Resnick, one of the co-hosts, the, the lady was like, okay, so Gideon, you live alone. 
And so what's it like living with Gideon? He's like, oh, I hate him. He's messy. <laughs> He's obnoxious. He leaves all the chores to me. It's <laughs> dumb. But that was dumb. And he's like, he's like, but we're we're working it out. We have our conflicts. We're we're talking about how we can be a better team. It's so bad. <laughs> that whole joke is just dumb. It's stupid. It should stop. <laughs> no. Perfect. Just in line with character. Yeah. So life together, maybe too close. I trust God with it. And to be specific, like I have had a lot of insecurity that I haven't really expressed. Part of that actually was in this podcast. Yeah. I didn't want to record a product that people wouldn't like. I didn't want to make something that wouldn't meet another person's standards. And that sucks, man. That's not what this is about. Uh, I would soften that by like four. Sure. Because like sucks is strong. Um, yep. Just like, I don't know. I just feel like that, that, that kicks you a little too much. I, th- <laughs> I think that is what we're going for. No, I recommend that we don't have that mindset. And I think that's been kind of the intent and that has been once when we're, when we are really doing what I think is doing well, that's where we're at is this. We're just talking. We're not trying to make it good, you know? Right. But it's, it's okay to have that urge. That's, that's a very natural, very human, very Caleb and Mitchell urge is to do it so that other people like it. Yeah. And that's, I think one of the exercises of this whole thing. So it's okay. I would recommend changing that mindset into what we're shooting for. Also, you have to allow yourself room to possibly get off track and then get back on track. No, that's true. I've, it makes me think of like when we recorded this first episode, there was this, I had this in my heart, like <clears throat> this may never go anywhere. Yeah. It will literally, maybe it never, it's just a file on a computer. Yep. Am I okay with that? Yeah. I want that right now. Right now, if this is a file on a computer and we listen to it later, I'm down. Yeah. If this, this, I, that's this is the bound thing. to be a fun conversation. Every single, one, yeah, <laughs> every single one of the episodes I've gone in thinking like, oh, it's like even just now, literally this episode five minutes ago, I was like, oh no, this, oh, no. and I'm like, dude, I could burn this episode right now and re-record episode six and that'd be okay. Like I'm okay with completely losing this recording session. I'm at peace with that concept if it has to happen, mm-hmm. which then helps me loosen up. I'm not. So we'll, we'll see well, how yeah. <laughs> when I, I don't get think there. we will, but I'm, I have to come to peace with that alternative. That's how it right. is. Like for me all over the places, I have to come to peace with the worst case thing. Yeah. That's, that's just for me. I'm not saying that's everybody, right. but for me, it, that's usually pretty helpful. Um, if I may move into the next thing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A guy. Um, Someone's been waiting for this. For we a while. always, I've yeah. Th- okay. So, <laughs> so this question came to us a bit ago. March 19th. March 19th. That's, I think pretty safely a bit ago. That's almost a month. Almost. I'm sorry. It's almost a bit <laughs> ago. Um, and uh, so I feel bad because when like, send us questions, tell it, communicate with that. And then this just sits on the shelf for like a month. <laughs> so I'm sorry to Orla for ignoring this question. Right. Um, I also real quick uh, want to acknowledge Orla because I heard through the grapevine that uh, Orla thinks I'm super cool or something. I'd like to inform Orla that she is I actually I don't think it's possible for you to be more wrong or like <laughs> Mitchell is not super cool. I'm not super cool. I'm it just is super, a persona. I'm super three. 
That's all it is. Well, I mean, the reason, if I remember correctly, is because you're a three. Well, praise God. She's also near the Enneagram middle triad, six, nine, three. I don't remember which one. Hello, my, my, I'm pretty sure she's a three. If I remember correctly. If you're not a three, blink twice. Yep. Cool. Cool. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Anyway. uh, Hi, Orla. My name is Mitchell. Nice to meet you. We're about to listen to a question you recorded a while ago. Yes. Hello, cellmates. I am wondering what um, your opinions are on... Um, choosing a political candidate when often as Christians, we have to kind of divide what our priorities are as far as views go. So that might be abortion or human rights or um, environmental policies, but all of those are encouraged um, Christian beliefs. And often politics divides them. And personally, I find myself having to choose between them. So I'm wondering what you guys think. Super wow. good question. Yeah, that this question. Every time I hear it, I'm just struck. Yeah, because it's super like poignant and timely. I think I think Orla is the celebrity here, dude. Honestly, no, <laughs> for real. Um, yeah, this is. It's just interesting for me because I think that she, uh, I'm going to talk about her like she's not listening. Is that allowed? Can I say she or should I? I feel like talking to her. You can say she. What do I do? She, okay, cool. I just It'll be want, easier. I just don't want to feel ignored. Um, I feel like she has a really good point here because uh, the, I think that Christianity, or I should say faith in general, yeah. Faith, yeah, yeah. faith gets politicized a lot. Um, you know, you're... What a surprise. Yeah. Um, that just like different issues can cause divisions in a church mm-hmm. and lots of divisions on these topics in churches happen along party lines. Um, yeah, that is not, true. not because of the party lines, but if you track it, I would say a decent portion of the time it's along party lines. Yeah. And I feel like there's this movement that says like Jesus was a hippie. So we should all, whatever, you know, there's that kind of whole thing. That was mm-hmm. one of the things like my dad's mm-hmm. time. But and then there's this like, nah, Jesus was, if Jesus could have voted, he would have voted for Reagan twice. Like there's just this like <laughs> super, <laughs> there, <laughs> there's just this really heavy right wing kind of like, oh, actually this is real. My dad, <laughs> my dad used this joke one time. He goes, uh, um, I'll use the KGV. If it was good enough for Paul, it was good enough for me is the joke. Mm-hmm. Um, but just this like v- super heavy right wing type of usually taking a pro life, pro gun, pro whatever stance, and then kind of putting the Bible into that. And I think the flaw mm-hmm. that happens a lot in the capital C church and for everyday Christians it happens for me is I get stuck putting my viewpoint into the Bible and trying to find my viewpoint in the Bible. True. Very and, true. Um, I think it should be the other way around. I think that like the debate is not if Jesus was more like a Democrat or more like a Republican. I think the conversation should be, are we as Christian people who vote Democrat or vote Republican or independent or whatever, do we look like Jesus? Yeah. That's what we're called to. We're not called to vote on topics or whatever. Right. I guess. I remember this might've been, might've been your daddy preached on it. It might've been someone else, but it was like, 
when the world is without faith, without divine control, without divine sovereignty, people turn to policy to institute their sense of right, their sense of correct. And um, I think there's nothing wrong with wanting to influence policy. I want to make that clear. I know people, two in particular, who want to vie for president at different periods of time. <laughs> I also know a person who wants to do that. Two of them. Do I know this other person too? It's a girl. Oh, I do know this person, I think. Yep. yep. <laughs> um, and like to influence policy to take on that reign as a believer or not, I find extremely admirable. I think it is difficult to be a leader in the law and to do it well. And those who are called to do it, those who do it well, are remembered in history for a very, very long, long time. Yeah. Long time. And that being said, to um, talk about a little bit of where we sit on the political yeah. spectrum, yeah. I lean more so left. Pinko commie liberal. I'm not a pinko commie liberal. <laughs> I was at one point in my life a member of the alt right. Yep. Woo-wee. Yikes. That was the time of life. So I haven't swinged all the way to the other extreme. <laughs> or at least I've tried my best not to. Not quite. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, but like yeah. where where I was raised, my, what my parents believed and 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 thought had some influence on me, but not a whole lot. Like I remember, I think it was 2012 when there was the Republican primaries, and it was Mitt Romney and Rick Santorum and uh, those guys, and they were trying to figure out who would go against Obama. Yep. That was I actually started paying attention yeah. there, not to politics, just to the people, yep. because my parents cared about who who was on the Republican ticket. Yeah, and remind me to talk about this in a minute. Yeah, and I was like, that was the really the first time I ever looked into a political candidate's policies and see if I agreed with them. Yeah, and I looked at Mitt Romney and I'm like, well, this guy's kind of cool. And I looked at Rick Santorum and I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And granted, Rex Centaurum was my uh, parents' community of people. I won't say them specifically because I actually don't remember, but it was their circle of friends, their guy, and then he wasn't the guy. Well, yeah, because Santorum ran on a pretty strong pro-life ticket that year. Ah. That was kind of his thing. In any case, like I have paid attention to politics. I grew up in a small town with a lot of people who... Uh, interacted with the internet in very significant ways, and that's that just so that just breeds alt right. That's just where yeah, that's where it fair. is. That's and fair. Yeah. When I held these like anachronistic, nihilistic views on politics and the world, it was very damaging to me and my relationships with people. And I'm not going to get too far into this, but what all of this is to say. When I finally left that forest, yeah, I saw like, okay, where is our political world right now? It was around 2016 mm-hmm. with, with the election of Donald Trump yeah. when I actually started to pay attention. And I realized that like the natural consequence of, of where I was at that led me to these dark places is the same trajectory 
um, and the same kind of energy that puts someone like Donald Trump in office. Yep. And I'm not saying I lean left because I believe in killing children. And I don't say I lean left because I believe in taking guns away. I'm saying that the window has shifted yep. and I now sit in a blue chair. Yeah, this is, I'm going to take that as my segue. I, yeah. I, the window has shifted. That's the biggest thing for me. What's it called? The, oh, Alex will know the answer to this. Yeah. Oh, dang it. It's the window of topics that are like extreme and debatable and stuff like that. I, I'm going to, Overton window. Thank you. Yes. The Overton Overton window. window. The Overton window has shifted quite a bit. Um, I was in a really, really, really good class last semester. uh, That was media ethics and law. Mm. Or no, media, media ethics. I I don't know. It was a really good class that um, the professor was super cool because she would just let us talk Mm -hmm. because she was Mm -hmm. more about the education and idealization of just debate and just forum. Um, I mean, she'd usually aim it at stuff, but, but it was, it was like a guided tour, but we kind of got to decide what we looked at on a given day and it was really, really good. And in that class, I uh, ended up saying the the catchphrase I go with when I describe my political view, which is a uh, Republican from 1995. Ah. Um, I, I'm just going to go through and check off some boxes. I am for the open market most of the way. I don't think the raw open market is how we should do it, but I think a lot closer to the open market. I'm I'm definitely a capitalist. I think that's a capitalist with a couple checks, a couple balances. That's generally the 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 theme I try to hold to. As far as execution, I've seen my positions flip all over the place once it gets a little more concrete. Sure, yeah. But generally as a theme, that's what I try to stick to. Um I am pro life but I think we should all decide when that life starts and stick to it as the backbone of how we write our laws. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a whole conversation. I'm pro gun. I'm also pro gun control. I think that those two are not mutually exclusive. <gasps> wow. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I'm just, I, I don't think like the, I'm stealing a line from uh, the newsroom. Yeah. By Aaron Sorkin. He goes, um, I'm a Republican, but Republicans think I'm not a Republican because I, uh, because I think that hurricanes are caused by gay, by, wow, I messed it up. Because I think that hurricanes are caused by barometric pressure and not gay marriage is the one liner. Uh. To be clear, I'm quoting, and I know have a lot of smart, loving, wonderful Republican friends. Yes. I'm not handing down a categorization of Republicans, but the average Republican position is a little too far right for me, but I cannot also meaningfully say I'm a Democrat. I usually use the term moderate because I'm left of Republicans and right of Democrats. Yeah. So it's about the middle to, to, to take that list down on my own terms. Yeah. I don't have a solid stance on market. I think that, when it comes to quote unquote socialist ideas, they can and do exist in capitalist societies. Yeah. For example, the biggest issue that I care about fundamentally is universal healthcare. Caleb Cop, as a guy, cares most about having a healthcare system that works for all people, that helps them be healthy. Um, hold on. 
to be clear, I d- just sorry to compare and contrast. Go for it. Um, yeah, I'm looking for them. The to side by side compare Caleb's position with mine. I think you never Wow, wow, my my motor functions completely severed. Just it, uh, it. I think that universal healthcare is a admirable, pursuable end. Yeah, I am not as adamant about making it happen as you are. Sure. That's fair. If it happened, do I think it should happen if it's all the same? Yeah. Do I think that we should like overregulate to make it happen? Personally, no, I think mostly. This is why I say capitalism ish because like, I think I, I, you said it. I think you can pull off capitalism and, uh, what, what you can pull off capitalism and socialism in the same stroke. Lots of times. Depends on what you define each is each. True. So to me, I don't think universal healthcare is necessarily a quote unquote fully socialist idea. No, I don't. Either. I think using your taxes and paying a bit more for a health system that I don't have to think about in network out of network is a pretty good deal. That's just me. There is a corporate mission statement that has been beat into my mind. Our mission is to help people live healthier lives and help the health system work better for everyone. That is a United Health Group. <laughs> and I stand by that. I yeah. want the health system to work better for everyone. They're an insurance company. I am not. So maybe we have different ideas That's of how that should work. Probably true. <laughs> um, and then when it comes to guns, I'm also pro-gun and pro-gun control. I think guns are really cool. Um, there's a video of me out there shooting an, a gun for Full, the an AR. Yeah. Yeah. It was intense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I'm stealing this from Trevor Noah and the daily show. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, people used to die from speeding a lot, like a, a ton. Yeah. And then someone went, let's put up speed bumps. So it's harder to speed. Did yep. they eliminate speeding? Absolutely not. No. I got pulled over for speeding the other day. <laughs> Granted, there aren't exactly speed bumps on 94, but my point still stands. People speed <laughs> and speed bumps limit speeding at least partially. And if you can limit it, then X amount of lives are saved. Yeah. Right? So that's where I stand on gun control. Gun, the, my, my idealized perfect for me gun control, whatever that's supposed to mean, sure. doesn't eliminate gun violence. It brings the amount of gun violence down. Yep. Because I don't see there being a meaningful way, at least in our current climate, to completely in one or in a series of fell swoops eliminate eliminate gun. I don't think there is either. And I don't think that's an easy I don't think you should make make I don't think that's really a pursuable end. Right. I think a very pursuable end is let's make it harder to kill people with guns. Just as a concept. Just as a concept. So if we could outlaw murder, yeah. We already wouldn't have any murder. <laughs> I'm just saying, if we can make murder stop with the law, we already wouldn't be able to kill people. When it comes to uh, murder and abortion, I, <laughs> so back in high school, wow, I had a class where we just got to look at Supreme Court cases and talk about them. And That's then on sick. Roe v. Wade, he Oof. split the class in half arbitrarily and said, you guys take this side, you guys take this side. And Who if you was this? Uh, this person, John Stapleton, the yeah. football coach. Stapleton. <laughs> he also Never taught us. For him, but I heard him yell at his team every Friday night. Oh yeah, he was a, he was a treat. He also taught us about stocks and how his biggest regret in stocks is not investing in Under Armour the first second he saw it. Because he's a sports guy, he works at a high school. Like these kids have the stuff, and he's like, oh yeah, I'll get into that in a few months or so, and then it just boomed. Lost his lost his shot. Sorry, Stapleton. Anyway, sorry, Stapleton. Uh, we had an in class debate. For Roe v. Wade. Yeah. One of my very good friends who has a lot of alt-right tendencies, but 
Um, <laughs> he wouldn't see them necessarily that way. Just sees them as anarchistic, apolitical. But he uh, said, like, I believe in my own moral values that um, abortion is wrong, but I don't believe that the Constitution has a place to outlaw it based on what he read. Yeah. And so he sat on the side of pro-choice and he argued for it from, from the words of the paper while being a human being who did not fully get behind that in his head and his heart. And I commended him for that. I, I, in retrospect, commend him for that as well. Yeah. I think I, I, this is where it gets super tough. This is actually where Orla's question becomes the most poignant. I think, yeah, at least for me is on this topic because on one level, I think you could argue the most important level as Christians, we are called to protect life and, you know, not murder and stuff. Um, you know, you know, that, that is how it'd be. Um, as Christians, we are called to protect life mm-hmm. and to, I also personally humanly think it's wrong to end someone's life. I think it's, I think it's wrong to end a life. Um, I think there's a really difficult, really important conversation about when life starts. Correct. I think it's tough because as a society government, we allow abortion to happen and don't consider it murder, Mm -hmm. which is a thing. And I'm not making a value statement about that. I'll make a value statement about how we do that and then charge a murderer of a pregnant mother with a double homicide. I don't like that. That's that's the way the law operates right now. So I'm just saying, let's just operate on the same standard for everything. Let's call a life at X in yep. pregnancy. Yep. And that's that. Um, that's a shade left of a bunch of my friends that I think are adamantly pro-life for really honorable reasons. Totally, yeah. I also think that you got to think, this is where, like I said, all this question is the most poignant, is because this is where being a Christian... I think supersedes being an American. What? Yeah. No way. Wow. Um, is, Are you sure that's okay? Yes. Pretty solid. Hmm. Mm. I don't know if we guess can what be the first Christian the first Christians were uh, Jewish and Roman. The first Christians weren't American. That is true. We are. The Bible is not written with American context. We are not called to be American. We're called to be like Jesus. Now, I think anybody that feels like an abortion just in kind of the more typical demonized kind of way, which is like, oh, no, I had sex and got pregnant. I don't want to deal with the pregnancy. I'm going to go get an abortion. That kind of scenario. Um, I think there's a lot more going on there than just the pregnancy. And there are a lot more ways to help than to become adversarial against that situation. I think that. Uh, a lot of pro-choicers that I've heard have voiced a really real complaint that um, you guys want to make sure that the babies live, but you don't want to adopt them. And you want to make sure that these, we don't end a life too soon, but you don't want to help the pregnant mother who has to figure out how to provide for them. Yeah. That's a really, really like painfully real 
point. Like there, there's, yeah. there's really no getting around that. There's like, yeah, but, but uh, uh, no, no. You want us to keep the kid? We can't. We don't have the infrastructure. We don't have the, the it's just, I, I feel for that, I guess. Yeah. I, no. And that's what I was going to say to, to circle back on where I actually stand with this. I, I don't have a firm, firm, firm seat. I don't have a firm horse in this race. I have, I have a pony that I am deciding still how I want to train and how I want to feed. Um, so for me, I see that point and I see the current climate of how this country and many countries treat adopted and, um, mostly abandoned children. And that breaks my heart. And if, uh, abortion is not regulated and if abortion is not actively policed within reason, then there will subsequently be more child deaths, whether there's more mother deaths. I I was going to say mother deaths and there's going to be more child deaths, whether it's before they're born or after that's, that's the biggest thing is like, this is going to be a bit unsavory of a, of a, metaphor I'm about to use. I saw something, it was designed for some shock values. So take this with a couple of grains of salt. Is this, a, is this a right wing Facebook meme? No, this is a left wing Facebook meme. Uh Oh, yep. Uh, <laughs> that goes, uh, if you guys ban abortions, you're not making a decision about whether abortions will happen or not. You're making a decision about whether abortions happen in a operating room or a hotel room. Yeah. And that, just saying that it's very hard to stomach. It was very hard to stomach when I saw it. I I, I think there's a real qualm to have with just laying it out there like that. There's a lot more sure. nuance to it. But the point of that being that like with actually with guns, if we outlaw something, it's not going to stop it. It's just going to make it happen in a more messed up way. Yep. I would rather try to cause a, a movement of God in the culture to where abortion doesn't need to happen, mm. then, then regulate it out of existence and then have young mothers die. Yeah. And have, uh, have terrible, terrible situations yes, need to be lived out to term. If I don't know how dark to get with this, this is what I think that if you have two realities, one where the pregnant, both of them, the pregnancy is going to get terminated. I would rather have it happen in the more humane way. Mm. If it has, to, and I, I, I hate that because it predicates that abortion has to happen at all, which I think is another conversation. And this whole thing is very complicated, but I'm saying if it does, yep, I'd rather it happen safer. This is why I'm going to teach my kids how to use a condom. Yeah, of course. I'm, I, I is didn't that even a question. Use, I didn't get taught how to use a condom. Neither did I. I'm going to teach my kids how to use a condom <laughs> because for some of you listening, Sorry, this is going to be really funny. No, Missed for, that day. for a couple people, <laughs> this is going to be hilarious that I just said that, but uh, I'm going to tell my son, don't have sex. And then I'm going to make sure he knows what to do. If he has sex. If he has sex. Oh yeah. 100%. Same, same concept. If it has to happen, let's do it safer. So when it comes to choosing a political candidate, yes, here, are my, here are my sense on it. I have always been a person who, when it came to electing leaders and thinking about policy, like vote and rally for what you believe. And um, 
if that candidate drops out, like truthfully, prayerfully consider, um, even though what you believe doesn't fully align with the people who are left, which is most common for a lot of people. Yep. Um, that's really fair. Prayerfully consider who paves the road for getting you to where, what you believe. And like, for example, I was Yang until Bernie until I don't know what's going to happen. So I wanted Yang because he's a smart man. He's a young man, a little pie in the sky. And I'm all for that. Well, UHC. Uh, yeah. yeah. Funny, fun fact about Yang. A lot of people who are denizens of the dark corners of the internet love him because of the concept of UBI. It's free money to them. Oh, true. So of course they're going to love him. Nice. And that's the thing. I'm like, dude, if it was Yang versus uh, President Donald J. Trump, I feel like his yeah. base would start to split. And I think Trump's th- base. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. like that just politically is advantageous, but also like, I like the idea of having a person of color. I like the idea of having someone who is very smart, very articulate, yep. someone who talks and feels like a human. Yep. Um, who also acknowledges the future ahead. Like mm-hmm. robots are going to take jobs. Uh, there's <laughs> going to be, <laughs> yeah. Like what do we do? And like his idea of UBI though, he's dropped is the reason people are getting $1,200 stimulus checks right now. Yep. And like, uh, Bernie Sanders, I firmly, firmly believe that the way to fix our fundamentally broken healthcare system is some sort of sweeping reform that may or may not look like a universal healthcare at first. Yeah. But he, and and I, I did not know if he was going to win. I prayed and hoped that he would get the ticket, but he doesn't. He yep. just dropped out. Yep. Um, but like that idea is now in Biden's playbook. He, he, he tweeted about it, I think, or someone said like, he is now considering this idea of like universal um, healthcare and taking it as a serious consideration. Whereas like during debates when there were 13 people on stage that yeah, Biden couldn't get enough of that. No, UHC. no, that's yeah, that's not. Well, I, okay. So the more cynical people hearing this myself, one of them goes, yeah, Biden's going to win because he needs the democratic base. And if the Bernie vote just c- takes their balls and go home, Mm-hmm. That didn't come out right, but take goes home and doesn't vote because they don't like Biden or Trump. Biden has a good chance to lose. So and, you can dig into that, right? But your point, which I hear I hear more, is that like uh, you can follow the candidate that best paves the way for your beliefs. Yes, yeah. Like he has already like Joe Biden as a guy. So I listened to another podcast that is very pinko commie liberal <laughs> called uh, Pod Save America along with their more moderate and contemporaries, uh, pod save the world. And they just talk about the world and they are very pinko commie liberal. Yes. And they're very educated, extremely educated, very articulate. Yep. And that's why, even though I disagree with them on seven out of 10 things they say, yep. I listen, I like to listen to them. So they were members of the national security council. They worked in Obama's, uh, they were staff writers. They were speech writers. They were in Obama's white house. Yep. And like, they have talked about, they personally knew Joe Biden. Yeah. They know he's a good dude. Yep. And like, uh, they, they were constantly saying through this whole political riffraff of like thinning out these candidates and having people drop out. Like he's like, Joe Biden's campaign is not running correctly. He is a human person who is able to connect with individuals and like, that's not how they're marketing him. And that's really sucks. And like, I personally believe that 
when I vote in November, I'm going to vote for someone who is most likely to create the future that I want to see for my kids, that I want to see for my kids' kids, that I want to see for the glory of God and nothing short term. Yeah. I don't think about what can be done in the next four years. I think about what can be done in the next 40 years. It is also important to think about what can they do in the next four years. However, what presidents have done in their first terms, almost always, is reversing a lot of previous presidents. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> that's the joke that <laughs> that like Obama spent his first term cleaning up Bush's second. Right. That I mean, and it's not entirely false. Yeah, I I I agree with a lot of that. I think that um, the Lord has given us dominion over the earth. He's given us a stewardship over what we have, and uh. And so we're called to steward that well. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are a lot of different perspectives, many of them not wrong on how to do that. Um, I think that's where it gets complicated because when you have a bunch of pretty good answers, none of them clearly right or wrong. Mm -hmm. I mean, a couple of them are clearly wrong, but not a lot of them are clearly right or wrong. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm saying that right. <laughs> uh, the point is that if you got a bunch of answers and you can't tell which one's right, that this is what discernment is. And mm. this is what faith is in real life. Yeah. So as far as picking a candidate. So, okay. So part of the question that I heard from Orla was, uh, how do you choose faith over politics? And when do you choose faith over politics? My answer, when in doubt, rock with God. Don't worry about your candidate. That's my little quick one-liner Twitter answer. Sure. Um, there's a lot more to that, but that's, that's the slogan I'll toss out there. Um, when it comes to voting and candidates and stuff, one, just from a pure political perspective, look into your local elections. Yes. Way more than you look at the national election. One thousand, thousand, thousand. We percent. live in Minnesota. Currently. Currently. <laughs> we uh, we are under the governorship of Tim Walz. Ah, what a man. I will say this about my political position, and I'll stand by this all I want. I do not care for President Trump. What? He is my president because I am an American and Donald J. Trump is the president of the United States. I wish he weren't president. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. That's my position. Uh, I have a hard time uh, <laughs> with the idea of Donald Trump being my leader. Yeah. I'm not crazy about that either. For sure. That's my personal opinion. That is not a biblical answer. That is not. <laughs> that is not. I'm not putting any God legitimacy on that that's my personal feelings. right 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 i would follow tim walls into battle absolutely he, he, this man gave two amazing state of the state addresses regarding covid yeah um that called it like it is said things are kind of bad they <laughs> don't have to be as bad as they can be here's how bad they can be yeah here's how good they can be and then he goes minnesota please stay at home Mm -hmm. You don't say stay at home by the power vested in me as governor. He just said, please, please, please stay home. He's like, we're asking you. I'm not telling you because he, I love this because he said it. I think it was in the language and the actual order was that I cannot. I refuse to order uh, like martial law. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's like, I refuse to institute martial law. I refuse to order people to stay home because I feel like that steps on the constitutional right of Minnesotans. Yeah. And like Walls is a Democrat by party. But I align with with walls. So if that means I'm a Democrat, then fine. But 
<laughs> Tim Walls has his leadership has helped Minnesota handle the COVID crisis very well. Yeah. And his leadership in a lot of other ways that just didn't get televised very much also have benefited Minnesota a bunch. Like reading the executive order of Tim Walls, the reason we're allowed to be in this church yeah. is he specifically said like faith workers are called essential. And if they are like, and he's like those who are like working in faith and for the spiritual health of their communities and specifically those who are planning, recording, distributing digital content. And it's like, that's me. That's us. That's me, baby. Gang, gang. I'm allowed to be here. Yeah. So, so Tim Walls is one. Um, Dave Kleiss, he's a goofy guy. He's a good mayor. Yeah. And, and um, anyway, this is just uh, the Walls thing is the main example I'm going to rock with. But pay attention to your state and local elections. Yes. Um, obviously, your vote for president matters. But there's actually a lot more effect in your state and local than in the national election. And uh, even though there feels like there's a lot more pressure on the national election. Mm-hmm. And that is a very big decision who the president of the United States is. I'm not downplaying that. Very true. Very true. I'm just saying if you really want to actually, this is funny. If you really want to operate short term or operate in your local election, yeah. that'll, that'll get short term quick. Yeah. The president is not gonna be able to get all the way down to your backyard that quick. Now I see that from here from Minnesota, which usually is pretty unaffected by really crazy stuff. So I'm sure there are lots of people around the country that are very affected by the president. I want to be sensitive to that. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. To Orla, wrapping up this point, rock with Jesus no matter what. That's the candidate that can never let you down. Bars, dude. Bars. Um, if Donald J. Trump is elected to a second term, God is still in control. Very true. It would suck. I would not be a fan, but I would trust God's plan. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, uh, and you know oh, what? Sorry. Now that you say that out loud and I think about it, I think, yeah, if, if that is the reality, I have faith and I have hope. It would suck. I have faith enough for Tim Walls, dog. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> Our governor honest, is like, good governor. he straight up said on the video, he's like, the government started buying out a bunch of ventilators and other stuff and now they're just reselling it to us states at a really slow rate and he's like that now it, that would have been really great three months ago now it's just frustrating <laughs> yeah he said on his like statewide address yeah. like, Yo, damn. Yikes. <laughs> anyway um rock with jesus god is still in control that does not change he does not move he does not switch his position he does not betray he does not give up i actually this reminds me of something that our good friend Sammy asked me one time because I was telling her about elections and I was telling her like, Hey man, when it comes to politics, like be informed, like look at your locals. Don't, don't get lost in the sauce and don't treat it like a popularity contest. You're better than that. You're, you should be more responsible than that. And then she's like, how do I be informed? And it's a real question. Yeah. Like, how do you as a normal human being become informed about politics enough to care and vote in local elections? I'm about to, I'm about to spit some bars. Um, Go for it. I'm not some veteran of the field of television news. I've spent three years in college television news. I spent three months in pro television news in a small station. Yep. But here's some themes that remain true. Do not watch 
national cable networks for informed news ever. <laughs> Don't do it. Oh, Go man. watch your cable news for leads on your own investigations. Cable news will let you know what's important. It will not let you know what's going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you had get to pick, destroyed. if you had to pick a network to follow and get the best out of PBS is the answer. Next best answer is ABC. Just for those two. I don't know if you care about that audience, but there you are. Um, Caleb, when Sammy, I was there, I think when Sammy asked this yep. and you said Twitter and I said, uh, not well, just I Twitter. clarified. Yeah. No, yes. Yeah. So I, I want to give, go for it. Go for it. You said Twitter. I said, uh, not just Twitter. And you said, right. Reporters on Twitter. Reporters on Twitter is some of the best places to get news ever. Absolutely. Because they're actually there. The journalists, that's the thing is like, I've talked several times about how journalists and the media are not, are not the same. Yep. That's why you should go follow George Stephanopoulos. And that's why you should go follow Jake Tapper himself. And like all these people, um, this is why sports people follow Adrian Wojnarowski, who is, if he reports it, it's happening. It's true. It's, it's facts. Yep. So, in the same way, reporters care about their craft. They care about being right. Yeah. So if you follow a reporter, you're a lot better off. Yep. Last thing. Sorry. News go app for. to go for. Google News. Google News. Google News is good because they acknowledge the different slants. And so they'll give you a headline. And then you click on that headline and it has, here's Fox's headline. Here's CNN's headline. Here's ABC's headline. Here's PBS's headline. Here, whatever. And then it gives you access to all those articles. And they're all the different slants. And you can read the different angles of the coverage. And it's really, really, really good. That is very helpful. And like alongside that, like it can be, and it is for me a lot of the time, overwhelming yes. to have to um, like have to sort through all that news yeah. all the time. Yeah. What's funny is the reason I actually started caring about news and actually started looking into news was I had a freaking math teacher who every single day would print out some sort of article who would talk about something. He would spend like the first five minutes of class, not teaching, talking about something Trump said, talking about something Hillary said. It's like he would go to Microsoft edge. He would scroll down till he found the article and just click it and read it for us. And I'm like, this man has such a cavalier carefree view. If he, if he gets information, cool. And if he misses something, that's also fine. I have fallen into the trap of wanting to know everything that's happening. A lot of people fall into that trap. They yeah. wake up and they consume their news and that's all they do. It's not healthy for you. It will never be healthy for you. No. <laughs> Bad. It will make you more sad and angry than you could ever imagine. And it makes it harder to focus on the Lord. That's true. It does make it extremely difficult to focus on the Lord. I will say though that like when I open Twitter... And I have these reporters and I have Google news and I read those headlines and just investigate a little bit like that is more than enough. Like I feel pretty informed and I don't have my head buried in headlines all day. It, it is more daunting than it is actual effort. Yeah. Um, and like, when it's talking about like, oh, what, what news sources can I trust? What news sources are good or bad? It's like no news source is going to be perfect. Nope. But the answer is what news can I trust? None perfectly. Right. Um, my general, uh, <laughs> like not the only benchmark, but a benchmark of good versus not as good mm -hmm. um, is if they hyperlink to PDFs. 
an example of an organization that does this is the Atlantic, mm-hmm. who is usually a bit left of me, but I respect the hell out of them because they go in a USCCR report, X, Y, Z, and whatever, and then they have a link to the report. Yep. They don't just like link to another station saying in this, whatever. Right. They, oh, dude, I they hate go that. right to the same thing. I hate that, dude. Yeah, it's like, oh, we and like last week, uh, the president signed an executive order, and then it's like a hyperlink, and then I click it, and it's an article about that executive order, and then it just keeps going down, yeah. and I never find the executive order. Yeah. And you're never gonna find it if you Google it because it's all headlines anyway. Yep. L, bad, big L. Get PDFs. I really hope this answered Rose's question, though. Genuinely, I mean, her question was, how do you? How do you navigate the idea of choosing a political candidate amongst what a lot of times are opposite pulls? You said rock with Jesus. I yeah. said vote for the future. I think those are both truth. Uh, how do you do that? Carefully, prayerfully. Yep. Consider what your intentions are and what your desires are. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole different ballgame of figuring out if your heart is with what the Lord's trying to do. That's that. But if you want to, but, but well, it's just that gets into what you said, I think, is to yeah. is to go with the candidate that is most likely to perform your view. Something, too, I just thought of is like we want to act as believers, yeah. as our motivating, animating force to be the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. to be the personal presence of God, to be love, not fear. Yep. A lot of people in this world will vote out of fear. And that has happened for a very long time and it probably won't ever go away. But that's not the chair we have to sit in. That's not the polling booth we have to show up to. We don't have to show up to, ooh, big bad. Ooh, left or right, make your choice. <laughs> like we can, I didn't know where that was going to, at first, to be honest. Uh, a haunted house where you get but a little I voted sticker. <laughs> For a lot of people, that's how it feels. That's fair. That's that's really fair. (laughs) Like we don't have to sit in fear. Yeah. And that's not where I feel like people make the best decisions. Yeah. I I think, yeah, a hundred percent. And then the best way to help beat back that fear Mm -hmm. is to to try after something daunting, which is like to get kind of informed. You are way better being 10% informed than 2% informed. You're even, you're way better being 2% informed than zero. zero. Yeah. yeah. But that, my point is that even if you go in, read one article and gain one little tiny shred of perspective, that's better than going in and voting because you like the last name or whatever. Damn. You know what I mean? Calling me out. Am I? 2016 in the, the locals. The first time we voted? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's cool. Oh, that is cool. <laughs> that letter is R instead of D. D instead of R. Well, not even that. Whatever. It was like, it was like the legalized marijuana now party. I voted for that party when I didn't know what to do. No, hundred percent. I, I think I did too. I I do not care if weed gets legalized, but I was like, I don't know. Let's legalize pot, <laughs> <laughs> which is possibly the most freshman in college thing I could have possibly done. Yeah, just being who I was my freshman year, just chaotic as heck. I'm not chaotic now though. Oh, for sure. I'm so calm. So calm. <laughs> I'm so subdued. Yeah. Speaking of subdued, uh, what has been some scripture that stood out to you in this past um, season of life? Several things. I like to take this moment to apologize to my 
partner in my you, you, you read the Bible and you're playing Michael Gears Crazy. <laughs> I have fallen here, let me check on my map. Completely off the grid with <laughs> reading, <laughs> reading my Bible in a year. I try to. I consider it good when I get to. I'm so far behind. It is so bad. I'm sorry, Grizz. I promise to want to more. <laughs> That's all I can really commit to. Um, so there's a couple things. I've been rocking in Genesis a bit, rocking in Philippians and Mark a bit. Um, so I'm going to, can I do two? Um, in Philippians 4, verse 13, which is a verse that is kind of one of those famous verses, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Sports verse? It's a, it is a sports verse. Um, <laughs> if you go to UTC, you may have heard that verse. Sports um, verse. Uh it's an Awana verse. It's just, it's one of those, it's just one of those verses. Yeah. But I was reading it in context and this note I left to myself, uh, says the verse means more in context. Uh, Paul saying that he has an ability as himself. He has an ability to operate in different spheres mm-hmm. and he, he can be multi-tooled. He can be, you know, here and there, he can put whatever. Yeah. And that ability is an outpouring of God who strengthens him to operate in different spheres. Bars, dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, feel like I'm not completely off base to say that I'm a little bit diversified in my skill set. And absolutely. And so this verse was just cool because like, Oh, I like to operate in different spheres. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, not out of my own. So that anyone can boast, mm-hmm. but because God strengthens me, that gives me my ability to diversify yeah. and operate in different spheres, which is getting even more poignant day by day. <laughs> um, <laughs> the other scripture is, uh, in Jeremiah 29. So Jeremiah, or yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper and not harm you, to give you a future and a hope. And um, it's also one of those Awana, you know, sports, sports versus whatever. Yep. Yeah, that's definitely tattooed on someone's body somewhere. And um, I don't want to disparage that. No, me neither. Good. It is. It, it 100% is somewhere. Continue. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> The point that Pastor Brian Zahasky, Hope Covenant Church St. Cloud, made with the scripture was not about the verse itself, was about the context. And the context is Israel has just been taken into exile by Babylon. And they're very upset. And Jeremiah called it and Isaiah called it and every other major minor prophet called this thing happening. And and they've been used by God to vocalize how Israel has fallen astray. And this happened, and now Israel's going, what is going on? Why are we in exile? And that's the context. Yeah. And the the, the context around that verse specifically says, uh, Mary, build houses, have children, be where you are in exile. And Brian was using this to make a point of that we're in our own kind of exile as far as quarantine and how like obviously there's not a military presence we're not under fire we're fine right we just have to stay at home it's not a one-to-one it's not a one-to-one but it can feel like we are away from the normal and we are thrown completely out of whack and in that reality bloom where you're planted obviously i'm not marrying anyone building any houses or having any children soon but but be where you are yeah and do god's work where you are that's been really powerful for me, especially in the last five weeks here at hope, particularly another piece of context he pointed out was like, it says in there within that, within that 
prerogative within that command yeah. to pray for the land. Yeah. Like you pray are an ex, Babylon. yeah, pray for Babylon. You are in Babylon, you are slaves to Babylon. They're actively abusing you and will abuse you for probably many more years and generations. Yeah. Pray for them. Pray. <laughs> pray for its prosperity. Yeah. Its prosperity is yours. Yeah. Like where we're at right now, geopolitically, geospatially, spiritually, yep. whatever it is, like pray for this environment. I think that's a very, very good word. Very good sentiment. This is very easily tied back into the politics thing. Yeah. I don't care if you don't like our president. I should be praying for him. I don't pray for him enough. I would love for my heart to change with regards to political candidates I disagree with. Me too. Where I look at them and see and say they're imperfect humans in need of the gospel just as much as I am. However, they're just much closer to to having a camera camera and a leadership chair. Yeah. And so all the more I should be praying for them. Not necessarily that they would prosper in every selfish ambition they have. But their success is tied to ours. Exactly. So the Lord's blessing on their decisions in their life is, I mean, obviously not one-to-one, but is tied to ours. I have a hard time praying for Boris Johnson. I have a, yeah, (laughs) I honestly don't think about Boris Johnson very often. I thought about him when he was in the ICU. Yeah, there it is. Um, But (laughs) I, (laughs) we did it. Um, I, (laughs) oh no, (laughs) I'm trying to move past this and I just can't get after like, I don't pray for Boris Johnson. (laughs) Uh, I feel like the point's made. I feel like it's, yeah. What about you friend? Um, What part of the good book has been happening on your mind and heart? Yeah. To be clear also about my, uh, Bible in a year plan. I'm so far behind, yeah, dude. I'm like two months. It's, it's dookie. <laughs> when I started that plan, I knew that it wouldn't take a full year. If it was a full year, it would be done in June. And I'm in Hosea. Like, oh. <laughs> I am not even near half. So That's good to hear. Like, even when I did my New Testament in a year, uh, which was literally like a single chapter a day, and then you get two days off. It was so slow it did it took more than a year because i missed days yeah and that's okay the idea behind these these large swath journey bible readings is like you're not gonna have the time and space to go as deep as you want all the time it can and does happen but i so so much appreciate having all of the new testament somewhere in my mind at this point that's fair like I may or may not have dug into it as hard, but like, but it's there. When I was talking with our friends about that verse in second, uh, second Peter, or Jesus talking to those yeah. in chains, like yep. I only knew of that because I one time read it on a Wednesday, like a year or two ago. Like, <laughs> I, never ever did it come up again yeah, until just then. That's fair. But I knew it was there. So there's value there. There's a lot of value to painting with a big brush. Secondly, it's a good word. That's my friend Rachel. Would say. <laughs> the verse that I have now read objectively for at least the second time, because it's in the new Testament. Tight. <laughs> uh, was second Timothy two, 24 through 26. I read it this morning and I read this now from the ESV and the Lord's servant properly slave, uh, must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone able to teach patiently enduring evil correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance 
leading to the knowledge of truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Granted repentance. Uh, yes. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth that they can escape the snare of the devil. That That's a, that's a lot in there. There's a lot in there. The pieces that really got to me were talking about the Lord's servant, talking about the Lord's slave must not be quarrelsome <laughs> and patiently enduring evil, correcting opponents with gentleness. This does also lead to politics. I didn't mean it to, but here it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, just like where I've been at with a few people in my life, there's been a lot of contention, either perceived or real, not entirely sure. Um, Probably a decent helping of both. Right. And it's like, whether it's, if it's just perceived, then like I need to be kind and not quarrelsome. My, my natural disintegration state is to, is to bring it up. Guns blazing. Be like, Hey, bam, bro. That's, that is what I want to do. Yeah. And this verse says, you must not be quarrelsome and be kind to everyone. And at the same time, if there is contention, if there is something wrong between us, yeah, to correct with gentleness, to patiently endure evil, to patiently endure the trial. Yeah. And to seek reconciliation through that. Endure evil. Yes. Don't beat evil. Yeah. Don't escape evil. No. Don't eliminate. Nope. Don't mitigate. Correct. Necessarily, I guess. Maybe our other verses. Whatever. Yeah. This verse, endure. Endure. Evil. Endure evil. Yeah. I've had a little bit of coarseness in my heart for you several times. What? Ah, you didn't tell last, me that. That was ear splitting me loud in someone's headphones. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been quarrelsome. I haven't quarreled, but I've had a quarrelsome spirit. Yeah. Um, I've, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, there's... I, I don't have anything to say because I feel like that is just so plainly there. I just feel like I don't have a lot of breakdown for that. I that do. I do right want to apply this to you a little bit. Oh no. You have corrected me with gentleness and you have patiently endured, not necessarily evil from my end, but a lot of uncomfortability. And I, I do appreciate you and this. Ready. I was not ready for this positivity. Too bad. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> like you have exemplified this. Hmm. Even and especially with working with the lovely Rachel Lassen. <laughs> I want to be clear. I have zero qualms with Rachel Lassen ever. Yes. Zero. She has pissed me off a couple times. <laughs> she has gotten in my hair a little bit. Yeah. I love her to death. And I would love to work for her someday. I would love to work with her someday. Yeah. Zero problems are on the list. Right. She also cut your hair. She also literally cut my hair. <laughs> Got I didn't hair. think about that when I said it. I was using it more metaphorically, but right. you bring up a very valid point. That was fun. <laughs> um, that was dope, dude. Yeah, so that verse Thank just kind of threw me for a gigantic loop this morning, and I've been thinking about it all day. Like, yeah, first of all, that idea of granting them repentance, and then... Yeah, that's... that's uh, 
that that's <laughs> there's a lot right there. There's a lot in those three words right there. Not <laughs> enough for this episode. Can I can I uh go for can it? I, okay. Um this is gonna sound like I'm gassing myself up, but I'm actually trying to praise the Lord for something that is not of me. Um it has been really hard to be around you in the last like ten days. Yeah. It's been really tough. Um a ton of little things that are not worth bringing up and are not worth expending your emotional energy on actually talking about have gotten to me. Mm. And it's just, it, it, I mean, that's not my call necessarily, but I just in looking out for you, I've been like, this can happen later. Mm. This, mm-hmm. this conversation mm-hmm. can happen right now. It, not even, I don't even know when, but right now is not the time. So we're just going to let it slide. And I think in the last like two years, it's been easy to be a close friend of yours. Like it's felt easy. It it's definitely been more straightforward. I'll I'll put it that way. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. And it, um, yeah, it hasn't been like difficult. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that like, and I say difficult like in the way that kind of hurts. Like like it it it's been comfortable. Maybe is the word. I don't know. We're we're, we're shooting around this concept that I feel like we've said enough. Yeah, about. it's fine. Um. And then in the last like five weeks, it's gone from like, wow, we get to spend every day together. This is like church camp. And then all of a sudden it's like, I am going to yell if verb happens again, you know, (laughs) and, um, I don't really know when, I don't really know what the context was, but I just, I have had this thought for some amount of time. I don't even know when it really arrived in my head, but it, um, it's definitely of God, which is if I'm going to love it so much when we're close friends and it's easy to be close friends, then I do not get to bitch and moan when it's hard. Mm. That like, I'm going to rock with you when it's easy. And even if it is like nails on a chalkboard to be around you, I'm going to be in that. Yeah. And I will bring it up when I need to. And I will correct my opponent, who also is coincidentally my brother in Christ, with gentleness when the time comes for it. And I will endure evil. evil. (laughs) What an Um, integration, bro. So that's kind of that, I guess. No, praise the Lord. I'm I'm trying to say thank you for seeing that. As a three, that's meaningful to me. Yeah. Also, you are praising me for the Lord. For the Lord in my life, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I, yeah, it's it's been it's been a really cool time. I think um, I'm all, and I'll end with this thought: like this verse um, also kind of applies to like how my school year is going to finish, yeah. like. I I mentioned this to you earlier. Like I'm just in a really long series of waiting. I'm waiting for a lot of things, waiting for school to get done, waiting for a job to start, waiting for, it's a biblical concept, bro. Waiting on the world to change. You know how long the Israelites (laughs) waited for the Messiah? Uh, At least 400 years. At least 400 years. (laughs) Not to downplay your difficulty. Right. Saying that's biblical. Yeah. (laughs) And I know it is. And it's like patiently enduring, maybe not necessarily evil, but like, that is an attribute of Lord's servant, patiently enduring X. X. Yeah. And so here I am. Thank you for patiently enduring listener for this sixth episode. This is a beast, dude. I just looked at the clock. This is going to be a chunky boy. It's fine. We're not cutting this one up though. This is just going to, we're just going to lay it down. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> or I might cut it up. Mm. 
Whatever. Yeah. Thank you, listener. Thank you, listener. Uh, tune in next week where we <laughs> procrastinate and release Don't another episode in three weeks. <laughs> uh, yeah. When it comes to outros, this is how you do it.